0: Well, uh, AFC, what's up? I hope everybody is doing well tonight. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Matt, and I'm the campus minister here at Aggies for Christ, and I'm so excited that you're here. I'm excited that you're here because I believe that this place is different. I believe this place is something different than you can get across the street or that you can get at a lot of other places in the city. I just think this is different. I want this to be a place where you feel loved, where you feel cared for, where you feel important. How many, other, how many other places in this world can we go now where we walk in and you genuinely feel important there? There's no selfish gain for us with you being here tonight. My paycheck's going to be the same no matter what. So I'm just excited that you guys are here, and I hope that you feel important. I hope that you all feel important. And I have announcements. I, I want to tell you about small groups. I want to tell you about things that you can sign up for. But more than that, I want to jump right into it. I want to jump right into it with the slide that has already been given us tonight. So I'm going to ask you guys this question. I want you guys to think about this question for the rest of the night. Was this what you had in mind? Was this what you had in mind? Plug in your age right now. At age 18, 19, 20, 21, 25, 29, whatever you are in the room, was this what you had in mind for you where you were at right now in your life? Was this... What you had in mind. Now, as we keep this question in the back of our heads tonight, um, I'm going to be uh, kind of blunt, but I don't want to be rude. I'm just saying, I don't really care about your major right now. I don't really care about what year of school that you're in or what your career is. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm asking in regards to, is this what you had in your mind? What about the important stuff in regards to your faith, in regards to your relationships, in regards to, in regards to the purpose and passion that you have for life? Right here in this moment, is this what you had in mind? I'm going to venture to say that for a lot of us in the room, the answer is is probably not. The answer is probably not. While you might be knocking out semester after semester, getting closer to that graduation, still our faith is, is as small as it was when we got here. For other people in the room, we might have a job, a great paying job, and we might have things that are rolling for us, but our relationships are lacking. For other of us in the room, everything might be going right. Everything might be one right. You might have a nice truck, a nice house, a nice car, a degree, all these things, but it's hard to wake up in the morning because of depression, because our life doesn't have purpose, because our life doesn't have passion. I know, personally, that's a story for some of you in the room, because I know some of us. I know some of our stories. So I know that that's the case for some of us. Now, if you're in the room right now, and you can answer this question with confidence, that, yes, in regards to my relationship, with God in, in regards to my relationships with other people, this is pretty much what I had in mind. If that's where you're at, great. I have a fantastic challenge for you at the end of the day because I need your help. I'm, I desperately need your help. If that's where you think you're at, I'm praising God for that truth. Um, but for everybody else in the room and for, and for everybody tonight, um, I, want this, I want the idea and the sermon that we kind of run with to be the, the title The Now What Wednesday? Now What what Wednesday. And the subtitle and the implication I really want to focus on is the pursuit of more. The pursuit of more, because I believe um, that's what's in store for everybody in this room. Um, I want more for you. I, I believe God wants more for every single person in this room. Now, when we started this semester, we started with a sermon series called Foundations, because we said we were going to build a foundation this semester that's going to last for the rest of our lives. We're going to do biblical, um, honest, true, spiritual foundations that are going to help us lead our families, help us lead in the workplace, help us lead in the church as we as we um, grow up and go out, outside of this ministry. Now this weekend, we laid a huge, giant foundation like we lay every single year on Resurrection Sunday. We we laid the ultimate foundation that the tomb is empty. The tomb is empty, and because of that, that truth, that is why we get to live in in this pursuit of more. Because the tomb is empty, that's the ultimate foundation upon which our faith is founded. And so because of that implication, because of the tomb is empty, tonight I don't want to talk about a foundation. I want to build a skyscraper right on top of one of those foundations. Right on top of the idea that the tomb is empty, I want to build a, a skyscraper, and I want us to go for more tonight. I want every single person in this room tonight to go for more. And so with that being said, that's what we're going to pray for right now. So if you'll pray with me and for the sermon tonight. Lord, thank you for this time that we have together. God, we love you, and we praise you, and we're so thankful to be in this place that is so different than uh, the, the rest of the um, of this city and of this state and of this country and just the state of the world right now. Your church is just such a safe place and I, I specifically love this place and this group of people God. I believe that Aggies for Christ is out on a mission to see revival and to see change on that campus and in this city with the young professionals and just God I just know um, that this is something that you're behind. So I'm thankful for that truth I'm thankful for a sanctuary of, uh, of safety that we can come into tonight and just to be in your presence Lord we love you, we praise you, we pray for tonight that you'll be in this place and with every word that is said. In your son's name I pray. And everybody said amen. Man, Jesus got some hype this weekend, didn't he? he I mean, Jesus got some shine. It was, it was, my timeline was absolutely blowing up. With resurrection this, um, he has risen that. Everybody was posting pictures. And I, as a minister, I loved Easter Sunday. I mean, that's what it's all about. Jesus getting more and more famous. I mean, I was fired up that is what, I mean, I, I love stuff like that because that, that is our mission. We cried and we laughed together this weekend at this campus specifically. Our last Wednesday night service was great. We had a lament service Friday. That was spectacular. Sunday blew our socks off. I mean, we had a great weekend in the presence of God. We were fired up this weekend. We were absolutely fired up this weekend. But that's kind of like with what it is with anything, right? I mean, on the, on the weekend of the Super Bowl, what is everybody tweeting about? The Super Bowl, right? When we're watching the March Madness tournament, the basketball tournament, what's everybody tweeting about? March Madness. When we're watching the World Series, what's everybody tweeting about? Tacos, because baseball is way too long of a season, and nobody (laughs) cares about baseball. (laughs) Uh, I'm just kidding. You guys have like 21 months left in your season, so it's okay. We're gonna be, y'all are gonna be fine. But the 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 point is this: when we're um, when we're excited about something. When something gets our attention, when we're, exciting, when we're excited about something, it gets our attention, it gets our glory, it gets our praise. It gets this focused laser beam of attention for it. And so Sunday, we were pretty fired up about Jesus, and we were pretty fired up about the idea that the tomb was empty. Now, the past few days, understandably so, maybe that dropped off a little bit. See, see the foundation was set Sunday with the resurrection being a, a true event that actually happened, and how we respond this week, how we respond tonight, says a lot about what Sunday really meant. It says a lot about su- what Sunday really meant, so that's why I wanted to call tonight, Now What Wednesday, because this is our response time. This is our response time. One of the, uh, the disciples, they had, a, they had a Now What moment when they were um, in the presence of Jesus. This, this weekend at our, at our main campus, UCC, we talked a lot about Peter, the disciple Peter. We can go to the next slide. This can't be what he really looked like. We have no idea what he really looked like, but Peter was the disciple who, um, if you'll remember, he was the one who walked on water until he didn't, until he lost faith and then he sank and Jesus had to save him. Um, Peter was an awesome disciple most of the time until he wasn't, until he lost his faith. Peter was the one, if you remember, he, um, he followed Jesus, but then right before Jesus was crucified, he denied him three times, three times right before Jesus was crucified. When he needed somebody the most, Peter wasn't there. That was Peter's story. Now, personally, um, I love the story of Peter. Jesus constantly had to correct and and rebuke Peter. Peter was constantly messing up, and I can relate to that. That's why I love the story of Peter. That's why all of us should love the story of Peter, because despite his constantly messing up, God still wanted to use him. See, earlier in the story of Jesus, before Jesus has ever been crucified, Jesus tells Peter, Peter, you're the one I'm going to build my church upon. You're the rock I'm going to build my church upon. And that was a pretty lofty statement at the time. You're the one that's going to help me manage the spreading of the gospel, the spreading of the church. And, And then, right before Jesus dies, Peter denies him. But this weekend, what we really talked about at UCC, our number one point, was in John chapter 21, Jesus restores Peter. Jesus restores Peter. Now, what that means is um, Jesus had a, had a sit-down meeting with the disciples. And he sat in front of Peter, and he, and, and, he, and he asked him, Peter, do you love me? And he asked him three times, and every single time Peter's like, yes, Lord, I, I love you, yes, yes. And so at the end, then Jesus says, then feed my sheep, which means then be a shepherd to my people. That's what Jesus wanted Peter to do. He says, continue this work that I started. And it was, um, what's so awesome and great and comforting about this story is is Jesus isn't even mad at Peter. He comes back from the dead and he's not even mad at Peter. If If anything, he still wants to use Peter to accomplish more. And that's what's so comforting for us about the story of Peter. But then something happened. Then something happened. I'm sorry for those of you that know the story already. But then something happened in the story of Peter and the story of the rest of the disciples and Jesus. Jesus left. He ascended. Poof. Gone. Bye, Felicia. Jesus is gone. Jesus is gone. I mean, he told his disciples he was going to do this. But maybe they didn't believe him. Maybe, you know, they didn't really believe that he was going to die and be resurrected either. So, that, so maybe they had a lack of faith when it came to believing whether or not Jesus was actually going to go back into heaven. But then he did. Then he did. In, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8 through 11, this scene kind of looked like this. This is, uh, this is Jesus talking to the disciples. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood, and w- stood before them in white robes and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. So, so these two men, presumably angels, are standing here as Jesus gets taken into heaven, and they're standing there looking at the disciples, they're like, what? We told you this is what's gonna happen. He told you this is how he was gonna leave. Go on, go. Go, go, go and do your thing. It's like what the angels were telling the disciples. It was this, this in-between moment, this cosmic shift in their world because their leader, their teacher, the one they had followed for three years is gone, just like that. And I think all of us can, ha- can relate to these in-between what now moments in our life. We can even relate to it this very week. Because I mean, Sunday, we were excited. Sunday, girls, you got your little dresses out and you, and, and, and you wore them. Fellas, you were in the pastels, you were in the pink and the blues. We all looked like dapper little Easter eggs on, on Sunday morning. We were all super excited about it. We were all super excited about it. And again, I love that. I love about Easter Sunday. I love the excitement. I really do. Um, but then guess what happened? We went home, we, took, we had lunch, we took a nap and we woke up. It was Monday morning and you had a biochem test. And I woke up Monday morning, and guess what? Those heathens at El Paso Electric still wanted me to pay my bill. They don't know that yesterday was Resurrection Sunday. Like, like it, I, I still have to pay my bill. It was, uh, it's Wednesday already, and, and, and social media looks different today. Social media looks different today than it did on Sunday morning. We started to fall back into our regular routines, and I understand why this happens, but biblically, I can't accept that for this room. I can't accept that that's where our existence is supposed to be. Biblically, I think there's more for us. According to the scriptures, I think we're made more than to just work, pay bills, and die. I have to believe that there's more than just going back to our mundane existence on this Wednesday. There has to be more. And the disciples knew that there had to be more too. See, earlier in the story, before Jesus was ever even crucified, he told them that there was more. John chapter 14 verse 12 reads like this. Truly, truly I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these he will do, because I am going to the Father. You guys, they knew. They knew that Jesus was on his way out, and they knew that greater things were yet to come for those group of men and those group of women that were following Jesus at that time, they knew that more was coming. He told them it was going to be this way. And the charge that he gave the disciples during that time is the same charge that I think is is being given to this room here tonight. I know Easter is over. I know the hype has gone down a little bit, but there's so much more waiting for us. There is There is so much more waiting for us. Our life has got to be bigger. There has to be more purpose and passion in our lives than just chasing that degree, chasing that piece of paper. There has to be more to our lives than just getting a job, buying stuff, paying off that stuff, and dying. There has to be more to our existence than that. There has to be. We have to believe that. But you see, more is hard. The pursuit of more is hard. It takes boldness. Doing more, seeing more, believing more, serving more, devoting more. All of this takes courage. Now, I don't know what that more in your life looks like exactly. It might look different for every single person in this room. For some of you, it's going to be really plugging in with this church, really stepping out and joining a small group or offering to serve in some way or or asking for a mentor or joining a small group, whatever it is. Some of you, that's what your more is going to look like. For other people, it's going to be serving somebody, doing something for somebody who can't pay you back. That might be what your more looks like. I don't know what it's going to be for everybody, but I can promise you, take it from somebody who tried living on the other side and is living on this side now. This more that I'm in right now, this more that, that Christianity gets to exist in, it is so fulfilling. It is so much better. I was talking to one of my friends from high school um, a couple of days ago. He works at a, um, he works at a pretty, pretty big company here in Las Cruces. He's a manager. He's making really good money. And I was asking him, I was like, hey, man, like, how's, how's it going? Like, how's life? And he says, I, I, I hate to wake up in the morning. And I was like, why? Like, you have this great job. You have a great truck. You have, um, he uh, surely has money in his bank account. And he says, yeah, it's just, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing here. My job feels so vain. My life feels so vain. He's, told, he's, a, he's a musician. And he said the only reason, the only thing that gets him up out of bed in the morning is his guitar. I mean, guitars are great, but how sad is that? His bank account is surely bigger than mine. I know the tires on his truck are bigger than mine, but he doesn't have purpose. He doesn't have passion. I just, I just know Christians in this room, if you're a Jesus follower, can we attest to that fact that life is better on this side of it? If you can't just yet in your walk with the Lord, take it from me. It's better. It's better. And so back to the book of Acts. Back to the book of Acts real quick. Jesus ascends. The disciples are all together, and they travel back to Jerusalem, and they go into this house, and they go, in the up, they go in the upper room of this house, and they begin to devote themselves to prayer. They're praying together, the men and the women. There's about 120 of them at that point. That was it, about the size of this room. And they were praying together. And then my fav- one, of, one of my favorite, I say that a lot, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is uttered next. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, Acts 1:15. In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers. Oh, wow, Matt, the preacher man, what a lame favorite verse, right? Let's throw that on a t-shirt and see how many we sell. In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers. Seems like a, not that big of a statement, right? But think about it. Think about the boldness and the bravery that goes into this statement. Jesus Christ, who died on the cross and was raised from the dead, and they've been following this guy for the past three years, he dies, resurrects, goes back up into heaven, and then what? Something has to happen. Somebody has to stand up, and somebody has to do something. And that somebody was Peter. There is so much bravery and boldness in this statement. It's amazing. Peter takes care of some housekeeping issues. They elect a new disciple. Um, The gift of the Holy Spirit is given to them, and then Peter does another bold move. He preaches one of the first sermons after Jesus ascends into heaven. It's a sermon at Pentecost, and and Peter delivers this this great sermon. It's recorded in Acts chapter 2. You can go home and read it tonight if you want. But after that, something more happens, something huge happens. Go to the next slide, verse 2 of chapter 41. So those who received his word, which was Peter's sermon, were baptized. And they were added that day about 3,000 souls. 3,000 souls. You guys, that's amazing. That's amazing. That's what more looks like. That's what more looks like. That is bigger than working, paying bills, and dying. That shaped history. And that's what Peter did. I truly believe that uh, truly believe that one of the worst things that we can do as Christians is we can get into little tiny circles and we can um, argue about ideas. We can argue about theories about how God works, how the universe was created, um, how, uh, whether, what, what exactly baptism means or what type of worship we should do or what type of version of the Bible we can read. I, I really think it's one of the worst things we can do as Christians. Now, I think it's good to sit together and to talk these things out, but the thing about it is Arguing about Christianity or ideas within Christianity changes nothing. Go to the next slide. But agreeing to follow Jesus changes absolutely everything. Agreeing to follow Jesus changes absolutely everything. So you and me, we can sit down and we can argue. We can argue about scripture tonight, we can argue for the next hour after A- AFC, You pick one one passage that you and me are different on, maybe it's my favorite verse or what not, whatever it is, we can argue. But when you and me both walk outside of that door tonight, nothing changes. Absolutely nothing changes. We get in our cars the same, we go home the same, we go to bed the same, nothing changes. Now here's the thing about following Jesus, when you agree to follow Jesus, absolutely everything changes, and when you walk out of that door, every single thing about your life changes. The guy who cuts you off in the parking lot when you leave this place, it changes how you respond to him. The way the way you act in a dating relationship, it changes. The way you view money, it changes. The way you view family and the way you view evangelism in the church, it changes. When you agree to follow Jesus, everything changes. That's the now what. The now what is action. The now what is action, not just arguing about ideas. When, uh, before my fiance Tessa and I started dating, um, whether she'll believe this or not, I absolutely loved her. I loved her far before we started dating. I loved every single thing about her. I loved her looks. I loved her sense of humor. She was super positive. I, I just thought the world of her. And in my head, I had these ideas of what loving her would look like. I had these ideas of what that would look like in action. But besides taking up some of my thoughts throughout the day, it really didn't change my day-to-day. Besides just thinking about her a little bit, it didn't change a lot of it. It didn't change my day-to-day. It didn't change my day-to-day. Now, see, I, I got super bold one night before AFC, and I asked her to go on a date, and she said yes. And, uh, and we went on a couple of dates, and we started hanging out, and she started to fall too. And then I told her I loved her, and I made a commitment to her, and I asked her to marry me. See, now that goes from this idea of what loving Tessa might look like to this massive commitment on what that's going to be. It's putting my money where my mouth is, or my money where her mouth is when we go on dates or whatever. I don't know, however, however you want to <laughs> look at it. But it changes absolutely everything. The way I talked to her, the way I interacted with other girls, the, the way I spent my free time, the way I checked on her to make sure she was doing okay emotionally, it changes absolutely everything. And when you decide to follow Jesus, when you make that decision, it changes absolutely everything. We can argue about ideas all you want, but arguing ideas within Christianity changes nothing. Walking out of this door and following Jesus changes absolutely everything, and that's the what now that we're talking about. That's how we follow up Easter Sunday. I'm going to go ahead and have the praise team um, come back up as I wrap up. That's the what now. And that's what the middle of this week, post-Resurrection Sunday, should look like. It's about signing up for more. It's about signing up for more like Peter did and shaping history, absolutely shaping Christian history. Now, if you're in the room tonight and you answered that first question, that question of was this what you had in mind, if you answered that with with absolute conviction tonight that you and God are good, that your faith is strong, man, praise God, I'm so excited for you. I need your help. I absolutely need your help. Peter, Peter was restored. Peter was good with God. Peter and Jesus, they got it together, right? And then he accepted more. He stood up amongst the brothers. He delivered this powerful sermon at Pentecost, and 3,000 souls were saved. If you're good tonight, come talk to me let's do something more. Let's do something big. Let's change that campus into a Christian university with a state school name. We can do that. We can do that. Now, if you're in the room tonight, and for those of you who answered no, this is not at all what I had in mind. Your more tonight looks a little bit different. Your more tonight might look a little bit different. You might need to come back in the back and pray with me right now you might need to come back in the back and pray with me right now. I don't know what it is you need to let go of. I don't know what it is you need to add. Some of you, we need to get baptized. If we believe this is something that Jesus did for us, we need to to show that through baptism. Some of you need to let go of some hurt. Some of you need to repent. Some of you need to to just pray with somebody or just be hugged on. We can do that. Myself and the interns will be in the back to do that right now. For some of you, it might look like taking one of our Bibles in the back that we have for free and really devoting yourself for the first time in your life to study. I don't know what your more looks like, but let me promise you something from somebody who's been on both sides. This side of the more is so much better. It is so much more fulfilling, and it's what God wants for absolutely every soul in this room what he wants for you, it's what he wants for me, it's what he died for, it's what we celebrate. It's what we celebrate Sunday, it's what we live out tonight, that's the what now. Can we all pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, this weekend was awesome, celebrating you and what you did on the cross, and more importantly, what you did when you defeated death. God, that was amazing. It was just a joyful celebration, but this week, God, we're already back in our mundane routines. We're already back doing the same things. We're already back uh, wondering what our purpose is in this life. And I pray, God, for every single soul in this room that that not be the case. I pray that if there's someone in this room that's ready to let go of something, that you'll move them to go pray right now. God, I pray if there's somebody in this room that is walking confidently with you, that you move them to do more, that you call them like you called Peter, and you told them to follow me and to see what happens. God, I pray for that right now. Lord, I love this group so much, and we love you so much, and we know there's greater things still to come. God, we love you and we praise you. It's in your son's name I pray, amen.